morning, church. Did you wake up this morning and say, man, it's Sunday, I get to go to church. Did you do that this morning? Amen. Are you glad you're here today? Man, I'm glad to be with you all today. It is a good day. It is the Lord's Day, and we are going to be here, and we're in those gates, and we're going to be thankful for our Lord Jesus Christ today, and it's such a good thing to, uh, to, to come and worship, and I thank you for each and every one of you being here. It is good to see you all. As uh, Kelly and I begin to settle into um, life, uh, we haven't completely moved in. Just do a little bit of housekeeping for you this uh, um, we, I'll let you know about move dates and that sort of thing. And um, we just have a lot of stuff. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I need strong people because uh, Kelly can't haul everything by herself. So I'm just going to need a lot of strong people. <laughs> so there you are. But um, anyway, I'll let you know about that. Also, I, I noticed that um, in the church that uh, many of you carry the, the New American Standard Bible. And I asked um, some of the leadership here, that'd be all right if I preached at it, because that's what I prefer myself, because it is the closest to the Greek that we have. And, uh, and so I'm very thankful for that. So I'm going to be preaching out of that. And I hate to lead anybody astray, because last week I, I preached out of the New King James Version. But um, just to let you know where I'm at on that. <clears throat> Pardon me. The uh, weather changes do not help me very much sometimes, but it's good to be here. Um, let me just say something very, very quickly about seniors. I know you're out there. Congratulations, you made it. And it's probably the longest week right now that you'll, ever, that you'll ever experience waiting for that time. But congratulations, you've done a good job. And um, if I had to give you a little bit of address, I've never given a baccalaureate address before. I always wanted to. Does anybody remember baccalaureate? I had baccalaureate for my eighth grade graduation too. <laughs> but uh, if I was to ever give some advice to you is this. When you go to college... This is what my roommate told me, he says, go to bed before midnight, get a good night's sleep, eat breakfast, and go to class. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wasn't doing any of those things until I figured it out. But uh, that's the one a little bit of advice I can give you. But let me just say this also. Your classmates, and, I, and, you know, this is my 40th high school reunion coming up this summer. Where did the time go, amen? And, um, and so... I'm saying this, when you're together, graduation night, it'll probably be the last time you see everybody together, make the most of it, because I haven't seen uh, uh, what was the last time I saw all mine together, but let me just say this also, that when you get to college or wherever you do in your education, there's going to be a lot of voices out there, and we, we see voices all the time, actually, and we hear them all the time, but there's going to be voices out there that try to let you... Uh, or lead you astray about the Word of God and God's presence in this world and His authority in this world. Stay strong. Hold on to your faith because that's what's going to pull you through. And so it's important that um, <clears throat> we, we come together and understand that. Also, the last thing I'll say is there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom are two separate things. You can get all kinds of knowledge, but not be very wise. And so that's what you're going to hear a lot of knowledge, but apply wisdom to it, knowing what they're saying and saying, okay, is that the wise thing? So that's my, uh, that's my, my graduation speech to you, but um, congratulations and uh, getting ready for a new adventure in life. And it is an adventure. And when God's with you on that adventure, oh, what a glorious thing it is. Amen.
We're going to be in um, the book of the Gospel of Matthew this morning, at the very last page of Matthew, Matthew 28. God has led me to some sermons about the directives of our Lord Jesus Christ. And for the next few Sundays, I'm going to be preaching on the directives of our Lord Jesus Christ because he gives them um, very plainly, very specifically to us, the church. Now, I know this is to the disciples, but it applies to us oh so well. And so it gives us what we see here, and, we're going to, and many of you know it's the Great Commission. And you've probably heard many messages on that, and we'll hear another one this morning. But we need to understand that this is the, um, the desire of our king. You know, we, we, we sang up there about, you know, you reign. He's our king. And our king is on his throne, has never left his throne, and he is coming one day. And our job while we're waiting on all fulfillment of time is to serve the king. And so what we see in these few verses is uh, the king's desire for every one of us. And so as we look through that, just be praying in your heart as, we, as I preach along and we, we see this, that, um, that we see God's heart in this for each and every one of us. And you may say, well, you know, how does that, uh, how does that apply to me? Well, I tell you, through, through faith, because each one of us have a different gift. Some may have a gift of evangelism, some may have a gift of teaching, some may have a gift of exhortation, or, or some may have encouragement. It's so many different gifts. And so you want to apply those gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to every believer, and those gifts, and they may be single, they may be many, it's hard to say what the Lord has given to us, but we use those for the kingdom and for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we come to this now, would you stand with me as we read the scriptures? We read the scriptures and we stand because it is God's word. We go all the way back to Ezra and Nehemiah and the respect and the honor of his word. So Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Father God, we come and we have opened up this living word, this, this, um, this holy word. And Father God, we hear from our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, now we submit ourselves to you, the Holy Spirit, in this place. And Father, move us today, Father, in the direction you'd have us. And help us, Father, to yield to you. Let us focus our minds. And Father, we just thank you so much for the gift that you've given us in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the great commission that you have given us. Because Father God, we understand that this is a lost and dying world. And there are so many needing hope. And thank you, Jesus, for providing that hope for us on the cross. And so we thank you, we praise you, we, we give all this to you this morning. It's that name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to start out with a question, and everybody may roll your eyes at this one because you've probably heard it many times before. How many of us like change? Got some, got some giggles out of that one. How many like change? Do you like change? Do what now? 
Sometimes? Sometimes, all right. And so that's a very honest answer because I like change sometimes too because change can be a good thing or it can be something that we weren't really looking forward to or even expecting. And so change happens to every one of us. And that good thing we can talk about, you know, when, when um, you know, we just see it physically because we're never meant to be this big, you know, when, when we're born and we grow and grow into adults and that's the change that we see. And for some of us that have already attained this, sometimes we grow and sometimes we grow, you know, but, but that change is good. And so we see change and we see all the time, you know, somebody may be getting married and that's a change. And so that you, you gain a son or gain a daughter or, you know, there's, there's infinite amount of possibilities in that. But here's the thing about change. Sometimes change happens and we don't anticipate it all and it comes and hits us head on. And we don't know, and we don't know how to deal with it. So there is good and necessary change, and then there is hard and, and the, <clears throat> the discovery part of change as well. But let me just say this, change is not our problem. It's the transition in all of that. Transition is where sometimes we get fearful because we don't understand what all this is coming on because when you think of change and transition, and they kind of marry together a little bit there, when you think about that, that always has some impact in your life, sometimes a great impact, and sometimes there's a loss in your life as well. So it's dealing with that transition that's important. Right now, as a church, you and I, we're going through a transition time. And that transition is that um, is I've, I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor. And I know that I'm in transition between Banner Association right now. I'm trying to wrap all my work up there, trying to figure out how to move and get everything here and get on the, the field here and to be your pastor. But you see, the thing is about transition is and the, that change that we're into right now is that asking me to be your pastor is a great amount of trust that you've given to me, and I appreciate that so much. Because that trust, because uh, you really don't know me yet. Now, many of you, I've talked to you, and I'm getting your names one by one. I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. But you see, you've, you've offered me that trust. Now, let me give back to you just for a moment. I will do everything that's, that's in me to honor that trust, to bringing the Word of God faithfully, to leading you into the ways that I believe the Lord is leading us. And so... I give back on that trust, and that's what it means, because it is about faith. So trust and faith, we can do change and transition, we can also do faith and trust. And so you have given me a, um, a great amount of trust because of the faith that you have in the process. And so I'm thankful for that. But if we come back now to Scripture, we see that this trust is heading into the future in faith. And the reason I bring up change is because Jesus is now getting his disciples to do something they've never done before. Now, they have followed him for three years. Now, he has died and he, and on the cross, and he's been resurrected, and he's seen them. And now he's giving them directions for their life, and it's going to be a huge change. In fact, all of these disciples, they went into various parts of, of the known world at the time, and their job was to give the gospel to that world. Can you imagine being a fisherman or being a tax collector or being um, a, a, like Simon the Zealot or, you know, a religious person, and all of a sudden now you're going into the world to give the world the good news of Jesus Christ? 
And so I think of these, these men, these 11 guys, and they're getting together and they're thinking about, uh, about um, all the things that have happened since the resurrection of Jesus. And so Jesus is sending his disciples into the world, and it's going to be very new. They're going to go into places like Thomas went into India, legend has it. And we know that um, uh, John, of course, you know, the, the last disciple and the, on Patmos and the exile that he had. And all and the, There's so many things that were brand new to them. They're going to be going to places they've never seen before, cultures they've never seen before, uh, things they've never done. And so when we look at this scripture, we understand that they're going through a huge transition. Because we don't do different very well. Because different means that we're going to have to once again get out there in that trust and faith. But Jesus is asking them something. Now, he's given a commission, yes, but he's asking them something. He's asking them to trust him. He says, you go into the, all the world. Look what it says here. He says, he says, you go therefore and you make disciples of all the nations. You baptize them. And he said, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit... If I may give a short plug tonight, we're going to be talking about the Trinity tonight when we come together. And so we see the Trinity here. He says, because what's behind you, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons in one. He says, all this is going to be at your disposal. And then he says, you teach them to observe all that I commanded you. We need to be students of the Word and students of what Jesus has told us. He says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So what Jesus is saying here is I want you to fulfill your calling. Fulfill your calling. And so this change, now we, we, we roll over a little bit into this, and we see that this fulfilling our calling is for each and every one of us. Out on the board, we have Jeremiah. And Jeremiah tells us that I have plans for you to prosper. You know, many people on this earth think that God has it out for them. God doesn't have it out for them. He has it in for us. Because as he wants to be in us, he wants to be directing us and guiding us, amen. What a joy it is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and knowing I can walk this earth and I am not, and this earth has nothing on me because I have the Lord God who lives in me and is one day I'm going to be with him forever. And that is the joy that we have is giving others that same peace of mind, that same peace of heart through Jesus Christ. And that's what the commission is all about. Praise God for that. And so when we looked at what the intention of our king, our, and the king's desire, that's my sermon title this morning, is the king's desire. Did you know that in the, the first five books of the New Testament, we see parts of this great commission? So it's, it's a very intentional in our Lord Jesus Christ and his, and his calling to us that we get this right, that we are meant to go out into this world and make disciples to baptize them. And do all those things. And so he has given us a very high calling. Would you agree with that? Amen? Amen. A very high calling. And uh, he's given us as the church, he has entrusted us, just as you have trusted me to be your pastor, he's entrusted us, the church, to take that message out. And I think that it's a great thing that he has given us because he has left it to the church now to be the, the, uh, the one, the ambassadors for this world. And so as we understand that, we look at that, and we see that it is a big task. Man, is it big. We see in our world today, and I'm telling you, when I graduated 40 years ago, I would have never thought we'd be dealing with the things that we're dealing with today. 
I've never, I would have never in a, in a million years thought that. But we live in a day and age to where, to where the, the, uh, the scriptures and the word of God and the name of Jesus Christ is being trying to be silenced more and more and more. And we know that's scriptural because Jesus told us, the Bible tells us that there's going to be times like this. And we have to accept that. But that doesn't stop us. Why, does it, doesn't, why, why shouldn't it stop us? It doesn't stop us because we have a king. And we have a king's desire. And so we're to be working until he comes or calls us home. And so we have this, um, this um, daunting task into this very dark world. But oh, isn't it wonderful that we have the light of the world that can light it up. And I'm thankful for that. In a world that doesn't want the name of Jesus spoken, but we speak it, and we speak it with authority, not because of us, but because of the authority of Jesus. And so Jesus leaves us with encouragement for the transition, the change that is coming. And so we're going to be looking at that. We see that uh, Matthew's theme, because Matthew, you know, all the, all the books of the Bible have, have a theme, and especially the Gospels. And Matthew's theme is about the king. You can go all the way back into um, the first chapter and talk about God, Emmanuel, with us. And so it's the king, he's, he is the king, and so that is what Matthew's trying to get over to his readers is that Jesus Christ is the king and he is here with us now. And so when we look at that, we see that um, the theme that we have of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's the king, and we see that he has three things about that kingship that we need to pay attention to, and they all begin with A. And so you can write these down. If you write in your Bible, write these down. We're going to be looking at them individually in just a moment. So the, the king has authority. He's going to see, we're going to see the activity, and then we're going to see the ability. If as a church we know these and understand these, we will see the kingdom grow, and we'll see the glory of God through all that as well. So it's about the authority, it's about the activity, and it's about the ability. And so Let's talk about the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, we understand earth as this terrestrial ball, right? And so we understand that, and we have a pretty good grasp of how big the earth is. And it's 25,000 miles in circumference, and it's a, big, it's a big planet. And, you know, if I remember my, some of my geology right, the earth weighs six sextillion tons, that's a big piece of a planet. And even though when you think it's a big planet, you put how many of those you can put in the sun and the circumference of the sun, and there's like, I think it's close to a million Earths you can put in the sun. So that brings us to all authority in heavens and in earth. And so when you think of the heavens, and I, I like to think of this because I, I like science and I like to think about these things and I like to read about them. And, um, and I've probably used this before, and you'll probably hear it again at some point in time. You know, our Milky Way, the, our galaxy, is 100,000 miles in length. If we were to go light speed, it would take us 100,000 years to get there from one end to the other. That's just our galaxy. And astronomers have told us and scholars have told us that there are billions of those kinds of galaxies out there, all created with a word, out of nothing. So we have this commission from our Lord Jesus Christ who has all authority. 
And so that, that, what that authority means is that the, the one who made heavens and the earth, and let's talk about the authority from heaven as well. Let's talk about him being on the throne. The one who sits on the throne is watching this earth, and he says, until the earth has made my footstool. And so he's, he, he, he's above all that. And so everything that we do in this transition, in this change, has because of the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, just, and when we think about the authority on the heavens and the earth, let's look and see, if you look into the scriptures, you'll see that he had the authority to forgive sins. Uh, the, the cross, we talked about it last week, about the, the thief on the cross who had no hope at all. And then he, he, he uh, believed in Jesus Christ. And today you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. And we see in the scriptures also in Matthew that he preached with authority. And they were all amazed at the, at the teaching and the preaching of Jesus, especially the Sermon on the Mount. And they were just basically, when you look at the Greek, it means that their jaws had dropped because of what Jesus had told them. And he had opened up the scriptures. Because many times in the Sermon on the Mount, you'll hear something like, you've heard this, but I say to you. And we think about that right now. He says... I say to you, go. Let's talk about the authority just a little bit more. He gives authority. He gave authority to the disciples to go out and to, and to heal diseases and to, and to go out into the multitudes. And he's giving that to us today. And I'm telling you, I think that is a grand thing. I think that's quite an honor. For us to be able to, to have the ability to go into all the earth because of behind the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ and we can make a difference in this world. You know, many times we think that we're such a small, uh, small denomination because there's about 50,000 Southern Baptist churches in, in the United States. And of course, we have missionaries all over and we still think of ourselves as small. And I'm telling you, there are no small churches. There are no small faiths. It's what we do with those things that matter. And so that's what Jesus is telling. You have all the authority to do these things. And so when we look at this a little bit deeper, we say, God, you have the authority. But are we taking it seriously? Let's be honest. Are we taking God's authority seriously? Have we relied on that authority lately? Saying, you know, and, and it can be something as easy as, God, I don't know how to get through this. But I know that you do, and I know that you have all the wisdom and power and glory, and so I rely upon you and that authority. Praying over your children, whatever it may be. But have we relied on it, and then have we subjected ourselves to his authority? That's a biggie in our world today, isn't it, about authority? The whole rejection of authority, that nobody can tell me what to do, well, I'm telling you, if nobody could tell us what to do, why do we have speed limit signs? Why do we have stop signs? If everybody's going to do their own thing, it's going to become a really dangerous world out there to drive in. So we have boundaries that, that are out there, and Jesus has given us boundaries. The Word of God has given us boundaries, but yet there's many times it's like, we're way outside those boundaries. We don't want those boundaries. Well, i got news for you. Jesus has given us the boundaries. John 14, 6 is one of the greatest boundaries we've ever given. It says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and nobody comes to the Father except by me. Amen. So there you go. We have to have those boundaries. Have we subjected ourselves to him and his word and saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you better than I did yesterday. That, that uh, you know, the, I, I've heard this saying so many times. It says, the only perfect day was yesterday. 
But I want to get to know you better today. I want, to, I want to, to, to understand your scriptures better. And I'm going to subject myself to your authority and to knowing you better. So let's talk about God's authority in, in, in relation to this, to this uh, few verses. Have we reached out to anybody recently? Many years ago, I was in seminary class in uh, Southwestern, and uh, I had an ethics professor, and his name is Dr. Erickson, and he was one of these guys that just kind of walked the, the whole classroom and his back and forth, and I mean, he was intense. And he had been a retired major from the Air Force, and he was in charge of the North Dakota command of those silos where the ICBMs are, the nuclear warheads. And he was an intense individual, and he would look at you. In fact, he made several of us cry in class on many occasions because he'd look at you and says, can you tell me what this means? And if you didn't have an answer, he's going to get right in your face and say, why don't you know those things? So let me get back to the point of my story is, is that one day in class, he looked at us and said, gentlemen and, or, and lady, there was one young lady in the class. He said, I want to ask you something. He says, how many of you in the past year have preached on heaven? And there's about 40 of us in this classroom. And of course, you know, we're scared to death of this guy, so nobody's going to raise their hand because you're going to get singled out. And nobody raised their hand. So he went like this, and he looked at us all and says, hmm. Then he got really intense. <laughs> I don't know if he can get any more intense or not, but he got really intense. He says, okay, let me, gentlemen, and lady, let me ask you, when's the last time you preached on hell? Not a hand went up, and, and sadly, mine stayed down as well, because I hadn't. And here's what he said. He says, why not? He says, for as, as, long, as much as I know right now, he says, they're still open for business. You see, it's about reaching out. And there is a time limit on this earth. You know, I, I like to make bread and, and uh, we cook and everything, and you set a timer on those things when things are done, right? Well, I don't know what the timing of God is. not my job to, to go into that or to even discover it because the Lord has His timed. But I'm telling you, this earth has a limit. And I don't know, it could be this afternoon, it could be right now, I do not know. But what I do know is, is the Bible says it and I believe it. And so therefore, we need to reach as many people as we possibly can because of, because of our desire to serve the King and because He's asked us to. Because He says it right here, He says that. Do we believe it enough to get busy with the King's desire? And, you know, the thing is, you say, well, I, I really don't have that, that gift of evangelism. There's others in here do. I've, I've known people with the gift of song and being able to reach people. I've known people with the, the gift of teaching to go out and reach people. And it doesn't always have to be evangelism, but any time you put forth the name of Jesus, I think that's part of evangelism. Now, there are certain many of us that are gifted in evangelism. Don't get me wrong. I knew a guy, and I still know. I saw him yesterday. I was at a funeral with him yesterday. And this guy would witness to a stop sign. And we need people like that. And he'd argue with the stop sign too. But, but uh, we need people like that. And we need those people to sing and, to, and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and say, this is what God has gifted and talented me with. 
And it may be different. I mean, he's given some in, in so many different ways. Are we going to use that? Do we believe it enough to use the gift to reach those for Jesus Christ? It may be a missionary. Now, who, who knows what it is? But we need to take the king's authority seriously because he's asked us right here. He says, go. That's the second thing that we see here I want to talk about. There's the activity, go. Now, I did some research on this word this past week. And I searched a lot of my Greek manuals, and I'm looking through it because it's, it was, it's, a, it's a word that is very different. This is not a command. Now, I've always believed it's a command. And in fact, it's, it's actually a participle. And so it may surprise us that this is not a command, but what Jesus is saying, the way this is used in this text, he says, go. Essentially, it's like this. While you're going or while you're at it, do these things. So there's an expectation there, isn't there? He says, and so we would think it's a command, but no, it's an expectation that he's giving us. And he says, Here's what I want you to do while you're at it. And here it is. And so there's the activity. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Now that's every nation. Now, of course, it was a, great, a little bit smaller world back then, but this world still existed as far as what was known. But we have on this planet now the capability of reaching any nation at any time. Many years ago, Kelly was in Tanzania, Africa, and, uh, and she was there, and she could text me, and this was, what, 2012 or something like that? And she could text me in real time. She's 8,000 miles away. I tell you, that just, that, that just stuns me. We can do that now. And you think, well, okay, Pastor, you're old. I mean, you're still used to cars rolling up and down and seats going back by themselves and no seat warmers and no automatic dimmer switches, and I can go on and on. And pretty soon, you know, and now they back up for you and they park for you. I just imagine what my grandfather would say if I said, no, you just wait a minute, let the car back up for you. He'd look at me like I had two heads. But we have technology today that's just absolutely stunning. Now, it comes with a cost, by the way. Because while I was at that funeral, I saw too many people all at the funeral, and they had their head down, and I guarantee you they were looking at their phone. If I can tell people anything, I don't care what age you are, put the phone down for a while. That's, just a, that's free, by the way. That's not part of my sermon. But anyway, that's a, that's a free bit. <laughs> and you're going to be looking at me now and say, Pastor, put your phone down. I, oh, I'm, I'm official business, you know. But anyway... So we make disciples. You know what a disciple means? It's an apprenticeship. We're to make apprentices. Has anybody ever been an apprentice on anything? There you go. Yeah. And we still have it in the, like for electrical field and we have it in plumbing and that sort of thing. Is that you begin and you, you, you work beside somebody that is the expert. I was in the building trade for a long time, and so I'd have the plumbers come in, and I'd have electricians come in, HVAC guys come in, and they had apprentices, and they were doing the work, and they were all the time learning from the one who had the license or the one who had the ability to teach them and to make sure that, in my case, I didn't blow myself up. But you see, that's what that's all about, is about making disciples, making apprentices, because we're all going to start out in the beginning. I mean, you should have seen my first sermon. 
This was a long time ago. I chiseled it out on stone that was that long ago. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I mean, I was not good. And I'll be honest about it. I mean, uh, it, was, it was short. It, was, it was, had no direction. It was just, it was not a thing of beauty. But here's what was important about that. That little church in Ralston, Oklahoma, loved me through every one of those bad sermons. And they brought me alongside and they discipled me and they kept encouraging me. And little by little, I'm a slow learner sometimes, little by little, we got more experience. I got more experience and I became more and more. And so when, when, when we look at this, we see that we're to bring those alongside of us. And young people, that's what it's all about. That's what Nathaniel, that's what Levi and everybody in the church are trying to do. We're trying to bring you into the, and tell you that there's a world out there that wants to chew you up. But praise God that Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And we want to tell you that you're going to face so many things and, it's just, and there's just going to be like this. Every now and then it's going to be like a hammer blow to you. But just know this, that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Keep that in the back of your mind and in your heart that whatever befalls you, whatever comes down in, in your path and you don't understand why, just know that I've overcome the world and that I'm the king. You're going to be okay. And so we learn that we're trying to make disciples, and that is, a, that is something that I'm committed to. And how do you make a disciple? How's an apprentice work? Side by side with the master carpenter. We work side by side with him, and we, and we, and we iron sharpens iron, the Bible tells us. And that's how we make it. It's small steps, because you don't go from apprentice to the master overnight, ever. Many of us like to think we can. But it's that little by little, and it means that we, we read a little bit, and we ask a little bit, and we, and we pray a little bit, we learn a little bit more, and we keep going on. But we are intended to be disciples. Because if we learn to be a, a, an apprentice, one day we get to teach somebody else to be an apprentice. That's the glory of God. That's the glory of education. That's the glory of, of, of knowing him and going out on all these mission trips and seeing what he does and just, be, just say, God, you're, you're just amazing. And so God wants us to become an expert. Now, I do not have all the answers in Scripture. I'm not saying that. But he wants us to become an expert, and I'm going to put a little slash there, example. That if we're growing, if we're searching, if we're doing those things and we're trying to become more of an expert in our Lord Jesus Christ, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. In fact, that's the expectation, is becoming more and more knowledgeable of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the mind of God. Um, uh, Henry Blackaby wrote a great book about experiencing God, and that's what it's about, knowing that we sang about being, what a friend we have in Jesus Christ. That if we understand that, he says this, he says, if you, try, if, you, if you endeavor your life, become an expert, and you're living by example, there's no telling how many people we're going to be able to reach. I have a friend of mine, and I just spoke with him last week, and he's a great guy, and he has a PhD in chemistry, and biochemistry. And let me tell you, biochemistry is nothing to sneeze at. And he had a PhD in it, and he consults, and he writes, and he does experiments, and I had a great meeting with him the other day. He's also a Sunday school teacher. 
And even though he can go in and he can consult and do all these things, and he is, he is well known within his research community, in fact, worldwide, and some of the stuff that he's done with the extremely important work of funguses. <laughs> we had about a 20-minute uh, conversation about funguses. And I was like, I was a little shell-shocked when I got done with it. But you see, even though he's well-known and world-renowned in that, he teaches Sunday school for the purpose of telling people about Jesus. And he preaches too. So we have the authority. Now he gives us the activity. Let's go to the third one. Our time is running short this morning. Ability. I want you to see this because this is great. I love it. You know, we need to smile more when we read our Bibles. Do you know that? We need to smile more when we read Bibles. It's like, you know, I smile all the time when I read Samson because I'm so much like him sometimes. Now, not in the womanizing thing, but I'm kind of like him hard-headed wise. <laughs> Whew, got by that one. But we need to smile more when we read our Bibles saying, man, I get that because that's me. And God loved him. Now we come to the ability, I am with you. Look at that. He says, he says, you have this great job of going to making disciples of all the nations. You're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we get to do that next week, praise God, right up here next week. And so we get to baptize. He says, you teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And he says, and lo, he says, now, because that word lo brings us into this position. It's like, okay, now here it is. Get ready. It's, the, it's like when you hear the, the ending of a Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. He says, here it is. Lo, I am with you. I bet, well, I can't bet. <laughs> I will tell you that I, I could probably preach a year of Sundays about being with Jesus, about what it means to be with Jesus, because that's entirely what he's after. From the fall of mankind, it's about God setting up everything that we can be with God again. And he says, he's telling these disciples, he's telling us, he says, I am with you right up to the end. And let me tell you, when the, when the end comes, it gets even better, folks. But he says, I'm with you. I'm right beside you. I'm not going to leave you. The, in Revelation, you go to Revelation, you'll see in that chapter, at the very end of it, it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, it's important for us to understand because now we have this ability, I am with you, that he is going to be directing all these things, and we are never meant to go out alone. Have you ever tried to do something out on your own, on your own power when it comes to, to, to the work of God? In fact, the Bible tells us in John chapter 15, verse 5, that we can do nothing of our own without Him. Because that means that we're part of the vine and, part of, and we're just the branches, and so therefore we're intended to be with Him. Because He's going to give us the strength, He's going to give us the activity, He's going to give us the direction, He's going to give us all this ability and so we need to be searching him. And I put it like this. When we go out and we know that Jesus is with us and we're going to go out and it may be just something about going and having a conversation with somebody or it may be, and let me just say, this is how I view um, um, evangelism. You may be pumping gas and may know somebody there and say, hey, we'd love to, we'd love to see you at church. It's those opportunities that you get. But let me go back to this, that when we have those opportunities, when we have the evangelism that just sort of pop up, you need to be praying for divine appointments. Have you ever prayed for a divine appointment? 
that God help me reach this person, to give me the ability, or just a, just a general divine appointment and say, God, I want to tell somebody about you today. Have you ever prayed for those? It's amazing what God will do in those. It's kind of like asking God for patience. You better buckle up. That's another sermon. But let me just say this, that when we have Jesus with us in the ability, it is, it is our job to start the conversation, but Jesus does the heavy lifting. I can't save anybody. I'm not intended to. My job is just to be a, a, an ambassador for the king. All those heralds, did anybody see the coronation yesterday? Oh, come on, really? Nobody saw the coronation? Well, I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either. I can't, I can't get on to you too much. But you know, there's all those guys saying, here comes the king, and that's all about the king that's coming down the road, and all the horses, and all the king's men, and all that kind of stuff. And it's about, here comes the king. Now, no, I'm not going to slight King Charles or anything, but I'm telling you, there's a king of kings coming. Amen. And he's heralding, and he's asking the church in these very dark times, don't stop. Don't quit. You go into all the world, doesn't matter how dark it is, because I'm the light of the world, and I've overcome it. When we look into the directive that we get from our Lord Jesus Christ, and this is another sermon, but he tells us, he says this, he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. That tells us that we have such a clarity about who we are, that, our Lord, that the Word of God is a light unto what I do, and then He is with me. He is the light of my path. Oh, what a, what a, what a glorious opportunity we have to make a difference. We need to understand something, and I'm so out of time, and I appreciate your patience with this, but let me just say this. You may think that you have nothing to offer, folks. That my little, my little gift is so small. That, that my, I, I, can, I, I can do this, but I really don't have much to offer. Let me tell you something about our Lord Jesus Christ. He loves the small things. He loves the small church. He loves a small boy and his small lunch. He fed 5,000 men. And then probably about anywhere between 15 and 20,000 people. He talked about the widow's mite. And, and you know what a widow's mite is? It's a hundredth of a penny in ours today. That's how much she had. That's all she had was a hundredth of our penny today. And it's all she had and she gave it. And Jesus made sure that people understood about her heart. That even though it was the smallest amount, she gave it. And, she gave, and in his mind and his heart, she gave more than all those others noisily dropping their coins in those jars. That when we give from here and we give in humility and joy and service to the king, he's going to take that and he's going to multiply it in ways we'll never understand. Because we need to understand something. We may say, okay, Pastor Mike, you're, you're talking all these things and, and you're doing all these things. We need to understand this because this is where Scripture really comes down to. The rubber meets the road. It's this, is that nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Do I believe that we, can, that we can make a difference in Lindsay, Oklahoma? Oh, you betcha. Do we think we can make it in Oklahoma? Oh, you betcha. Do we think we can make it in the world? You betcha. Why? Is because... 
God is going to use our faith and our service for His glory. We just have to get on and get busy. That's all there is to it. And so He'll give us the authority. He's got the authority. He's given us the activity. The ability is there. And so, what are we going to do with it? You see, change, let me go back, circling all the way back around. See, change is hard. Transition is hard. And we may have never witnessed to somebody or, or served in such a way, and it may make us feel a bit intimidated. That's okay. If you do it from a glad heart and a serving heart, God is going to honor that. And so it's time to give. And the reason why we do all this, and this is my last thing I'll say, and I promise, the reason we do all this, folks, is because every person needs Jesus Christ. There is not a living human soul out there apart from God's grace. Oh, folks, do we have such a joy. So when we understand that everyone needs Jesus, we have a great commission to be on mission. And so he's given that to us, us who are believers. He says, now this is the work. But as I finish up today, let me just say this. This great work is directed to those that are saved. But given this teaching here, can I ask as we draw to a close, does anyone here need to be saved? I'm just going to put it just as plain as possible. This is the gospel because Jesus saves. He saves, to, he saves anybody and given the fact that, that um, we have sins and he is a sin forgiver. Oh, folks, we need to look deep in our heart and say, God, direct me this morning. And I must ask you, are you saved? Are you forgiven by Jesus Christ? Are you set free from sin? Are you set free from death? Do you have a future and a hope in Jesus Christ? Because if you're sitting there today and you can't also say that, today is the day. I love Hebrews chapter 4. It says, today do not harden your heart, for today is the day of salvation. Oh, do we have such an opportunity here today? Or you may be here that, um, that we need to have this yearning in our heart. I want my heart to be, be made brand new, ready for heaven. Getting ready. Let me just say this, is your heart at peace? Now, there may be some here that I've talked to this morning, and the Holy Spirit has directed you in such a different way. I don't know. The Holy Spirit's great because He can speak to every one of us in such a different way. But I want to invite you to come and pray. If God is leading you, the Holy Spirit's leading you into this work or to be saved, whatever it may be, we need to be willing to say, God, I'm going to yield myself to you. I lift, this is my life, and you have created this. I love the fact that we're created, and we have a purpose, and, and that we're not some, some biomass and lightning hit it some billion years ago. No, we're uniquely created in the image of God, and we have the ability to connect with God through Jesus Christ. Is that you today? Oh, that's my prayer. Because the last thing I'm going to say, and I promise, 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 I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you. What a great God you are. 
And Father, we have read the Word of God, the authority within it, and Father, the ability that you have given us, and Father God, the, 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 um, the activity along with it. And I'm just thanking you, God, for a church, the Father, that reads our Bibles. And Father God, now grip our hearts as we come in this time of invitation. And Father God, let it be an invitation to come and meet with you. Heart to heart, soul to soul, life to life. And Father, if there's any here that need to be saved this morning, let them come and say that God has really been dealing with me and I know that I need Jesus Christ. And there may be some who are on the, the edge of their, their, their uh, about whether or not they have a ministry that you've directed them to. Or Father God, just to, just to come and pray, whatever it may be, let us be about your business. And we thank you and praise you, God, for your glory is great. And so we just ask for this time of invitation to serve you. It's in that name of Jesus, my Savior, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand?